Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome along to Teachers Talk Radio. This is The Twilight Show with Kate Jones. I'm Tom Rogers, the director of Teachers Talk Radio, and I'm very proud that this show is sponsored by three great education companies that you should really check out or consider checking out. That's With the Slack Group, Renaissance and Nearpod, and Collins Big Cat. And you can hear more about them later on in this program. Of course, this is The Twilight Show with Kate Jones. Kate, how are you this evening? Hi, Tom. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. I can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, have you had a good day? I have, yeah. A nice day. And I'm glad you're here with my with me as my producer. Is that what you are, my producer? I wouldn't call... I'd never call me that. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a cheap excuse for, for something, but it's definitely not a professional producer. Um, however... Uh, are you ready to go with this show? What are you talking about? Tell everyone a minute. I am so ready to go. And Tom, this is something that is right up your street. It's low cost, but high impact CPD. Right. Sounds mint. I'm going <laughs> to press the go button and you are going to smash this intro out of the ballpark. Oh, God. Are you ready for this, Jones? Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> get a beer in. Let's, let's crank it up. <laughs> This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, and I am ready, and I'm excited. And just like I said to Tom, tonight I will be talking about low-cost methods of professional development that have a high impact. So if you're listening live, get involved and join the conversation. We want to hear from you. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay then. Oh, and thank you to Graham. I always like to hear from Graham. Great way to open the show. So as I've already said, today I'm going to talk about low-cost, high-impact CPD, and I will explain exactly what I mean by that. But I think Teachers Talk Radio is a great example of low-cost, high-impact CPD for teachers because we have a range of different shows, a range of different hosts and topics that are discussed and they're interesting, they're insightful, they're entertaining, they're enjoyable and ultimately they are to help teachers, whether that's help teachers with their classroom practice or with well-being or with leadership and hopefully that should have a positive impact. So my last show, my, I had a break last week. I was away on holiday in Anglesey in North Wales. Not quite as glamorous as the Maldives, but still very nice. And the show before that, my guest was Robin McPherson. And Robin is my co-author for the book, The Teaching Life. And the first section of The Teaching Life is about professional learning. And interestingly enough, when Robin and I said we would write this book it was actually a few years ago it was pre-covid and then by the time we came to write the book because lots of things happened we both started new jobs and 
all sorts of things sort of life happens as it does um, we realized that professional learning had changed dramatically there were some elements and this is the historian in me change and continuity there were st- some elements of professional learning that had stayed the same for example observing colleagues school visits things like that things we've done for years and then there was all of these new methods of CPD, like Teachers Talk Radio, like podcasts, like webinars, and so on. And in our book, we did write about professional development and CPD that could be quite expensive, whether that's a master's, a PhD, MBA, some courses can actually go up into the thousands of pounds. But we also wrote a chapter about low cost to high impact CPD. And I really enjoyed writing that and when we refer to low cost we meant it free or relatively cheap and then there's actually an interesting discussion to be had about cheap CPD and I'd love to hear from people if you're live listening Podbean please do comment or feel free to call in Uh, it's interesting to hear from teachers how much of their own money they spend on professional development whether they spend any money at all or whether they they you know they may, they may spend quite a lot that could be on courses on books and things or they may not spend anything and everything might come from the school because we know schools have their own CPD budgets and I don't have the answers to this um who should spend money on professional development because I do spend money out of my own pocket um buying books and attending courses and events but I don't mind that However, there will be a limit, but I've worked, I've been very fortunate to work in schools that have supported me financially with professional development. And in the case of, let's just say, educational books, so I think they would come under low cost because you can get lots of fantastic books, especially with my publisher, John Catt, they they they're quite known for publishing um, cheap books, shall we say, but you know really high quality books. And some teachers like myself may just prefer to have their own copy of the book. Or some schools now are having professional CPD libraries where they order copies of books for staff. And I'll talk about um, books and reading and CPD libraries um, a little bit later on. But these are some of the things that I consider when I sat down and I was thinking, right, what is low cost CPD? What does this include? Well, we have things internally in a school environment. So that could be a conversation with a colleague about teaching a topic or a class or a pupil, for example, or just getting some general advice. And that could be really helpful and obviously cost nothing. It could be a lesson observation, whether it's popping in for 10 minutes of a lesson or a whole lesson or a series of lessons, that can also be very helpful. Um, Another method is school visits, Uh, visiting another school. And it might be a school that's local or it could be a school that's further afield that have some expertise. Um, This will have a cost involved, probably perhaps to get a supply teacher if you're taking some time off work, but hopefully the school will recognise that that's a good investment. And then we have all of these external methods of low-cost CPD. We have Teachers Talk Radio. We also have podcasts. We have blogs. We have books. We have 
educational magazines and articles. There's events that are in person. And the reason I said right at the start that this would be up Tom Street is that Tom uh, was Tom Rogers. Not only did he set up Teachers Talk Radio, but he set up something called Teach Me Icons. And I was there with him right in the beginning when he set that up. And for anyone who's not familiar with Teach Meet Icons, they are CPD events for teachers. Now, they were in person for years until COVID, and then they went online. And now it's sort of a a mixture of online and in-person events. And the idea with Teach Me Icons events is that they are subject-specific. And it started off with history. Um, because that's Tom's subject. And I met Tom at a teach me and he knows I've told this story many, many times. <laughs> we met at a teach me and our mutual friend, Chris Mayo, set it up. <laughs> it's very random. It was in this like, I don't know, business place in, in Manchester or something. And there was a free alcoholic bar on a school night. Oh my goodness. Um, but it was a great opportunity for networking. But something that we both realized when we were at this event, at this Teach Me event, as two history teachers, is there were some presentations that were just not relevant to us. Um, They were maths or science or other subjects. And of course, we listened and it was interesting. And sometimes there are definitely things that we can take away from other subjects and perhaps apply them in our context or if you have a line manager for another subject, that could be useful. But that's when Tom got this idea, well, why don't we just have an event like a Teach Me, which is free for teachers, but it's just history presentations. And there was a keynote speaker and there was history teachers presenting. And it was just amazing. And it was really enjoyable as well, um, as well as obviously taking away a lot from the classroom. It was about the connections, the networking, the interacting, building a a community, really, uh, the history teacher community, even more so. Um, And that type of event is free. But there's other events, Research Ed, that are relatively cheap as well, and that lots of teachers really enjoy going to. Um, You may have someone deliver CPD internally. Um, I've done that in all the schools I've worked at, I've led sessions and I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of each of these. And also there's online courses. Now there's online courses that cost and then there's online courses that are free. Now, something that I do want to think about in terms of it being cheap or free is that obviously it still should be decent because there is, whilst there might not be a financial cost, there is a cost. So for example, I've attended webinars that I've signed up to, I've got a ticket, I watched it live and I didn't find it helpful or useful or interesting. And I could say to myself, oh, well, it was free. But at the same time, that's an hour of my life. And we know, anyone who's a teacher, how precious time is. So we do have to be very careful um, and we do have to ensure quality. And if we're providing professional development for others, even if it's free, there is this responsibility that it's high quality. 
So I think when it comes to low cost CPD, we need to just ask ourselves, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is this a good use of our time and effort and energy? Because if you're going somewhere and actually if you're going to an event and even though it's free, there's probably a cost in your transport and think about the time it takes you to get there and how many hours are you spending at this event and what is that at the expense of? So low cost CPD is brilliant. Of course it is. And it's really helpful that there is a lot of low cost and free CPD out there for teachers. And there's some very high quality stuff out there. But there's also some stuff out there that's not so high quality. So please do ring in and share with me your experiences of low cost CPD that's had a positive or negative impact. I'd say probably most of the CPD that's been low cost has been the best CPD I've ever had. I remember as a newly qualified teacher, so they were talking in 2010, a while ago now, and I attended a course in a hotel, you know, with a fancy lunch. And it was just, I, I can't even really remember what it was about. And I didn't make an effort to really to talk to the other teachers there or stay in touch with them. And I remember the stress of having to set cover. And it just, it was very limited um, when I first started teaching. And also, I I read as a trainee, but then for a few years, I didn't really read books about teaching. Um, the, the books I was reading actually were to help my subject knowledge. So that was professional development. And then that's another dimension to CPD is about how specific it is. So yes, I do want to hear from you and I'm going to go through um, the different types of CPD. And I'm going to start off with now, and this is something that I really enjoy, and that's reading. And I do think that all teachers should be reading, whether that's reading, like I've said, to enhance your subject knowledge or reading about pedagogy or leadership. And we are spoilt for choice now in terms of reading. And some people do complain and they say, oh, there's far too many books, <laughs> but we don't need to read all the books. We have that choice. And that's where, you know, we do need to be picky. We can be selective, although I do understand the pressure to keep up and to try and read the latest book. But I'm going to start off um, talking about blogs. So one of the things that I hear from teachers a lot, which I understand, is that they don't have that much time. And I think blogs are a great way um, for low-cost, high-impact CPD. However, I wouldn't even be aware of educational blogs if it wasn't even for social media. Um, I didn't know teachers were blogging until I joined Twitter. And there's actually a lot of teachers who blog. And there's a lot of authors in education who also blog. Tom Sherrington is absolutely amazing as a writer his books are incredible rose and shine the teacher walkthroughs the learning rainforest but his website teacherhead.com is just the same in terms of high quality really helpful really practical and blogs can take it depends it could be two minutes eight minutes but not long so I really would recommend engaging 
with reading blogs. And if you think, well, okay, I don't read blogs. I don't know where to look. As I've said, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Twitter, then you're probably going to be exposed to people sharing their blogs on there. There is a hashtag um, that Tom Sherrington has recently set up, hashtag edublogshare. So that might be worth scrolling through. And also, blogging is a great way for professional development in terms of writing blogs. It's something that's really helped me uh, not only just improve as a writer, but engage more with research, reflect on my practice. And I really enjoy reading blogs from classroom teachers about what they're doing in the classroom, what's worked, how did it go, and their reflections, their advice, or even what didn't work and why not. And maybe that's something that I can learn from and perhaps avoid. So I know there can be a little bit of an imposter syndrome. I'm not sure what I have to offer with a blog and so on, but I would encourage um, people to blog um, and get your ideas out there. And if you are quite new to blogging or you're completely new and you haven't got a blog, it is easy to set up. Um, If you visit WordPress or even if you just ask somebody, if you were to send out a tweet and say, I want to set up a blog, where do I begin? And then my advice would just be to just write, not post it straight away though. Um, I would write something and then just maybe wait, check it again, perhaps even ask somebody else to read it and proofread it. And then there we go, press press send and share it out to the world. So blogging is absolutely fantastic and um, free, uh, completely free to read. And in terms of time, really, really good. So my former deputy head teacher, Nigel Davis at the British School Alcabira, he he would do a weekly read. So what he would do is that week he would read lots of blogs and he would pick one and send it out to all staff. And he would make sure every week it was something a little bit different and it could be something that was linked to a school priority. Um, I remember him posting some really useful um, blogs about online teaching when we went online. Um, I know another school that does this and what they do is they call pass the blog on. So uh, a senior leader will send out a blog post and then nominate someone to send out uh, a blog the week after. And then that person shares an article of a blog and then passes it on to someone else. So like passing the baton on, passing the blog post on. And then that way you get to hear from different teachers about what they're reading. And that really can help create this culture of professional learning. And there really shouldn't be a backlash against that, asking colleagues to read something that will take five, ten minutes maximum to read. But in addition to blogs, we've also got educational magazines. We've got the TES. We've got homework. We've got Schools Week. Schools Week also do um, regular blog recommendations as well. So they have people who say, these are the blogs that I would recommend. And then, as I've already said, there are so many fantastic books out there. And usually, if you're on social media, you will see people tweeting about the latest book that has been published or books that others are reading and would recommend. And this is really how I... um, 
read educational books is from suggestions of other people. And I love getting a book that has references and it sort of sends me down a rabbit hole and it sends me in a direction of, um, and I'll give you a really good example. I'm a very big fan of Chip and Dan Heath, the New York bestselling, um, the New York Times bestselling authors. They've written loads of books, Switch, Made to Stick, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to write for them on on their website, but I only came across them because I was reading the brilliant book, Making Every Lesson Count by Sean Allison and Andy Tharby. And they kept referencing the Heath brothers and I never heard of them and I wasn't familiar with them. So then I went and out of curiosity, checked out their books and I read the first one and I thought it was absolutely incredible Um, and then I ended up quoting them in my books and reaching out to them so I just think it's this pass it on and I've quoted um, the Heath brothers in my books and then other people have said oh I read the made to stick after your recommendation so that's another great way of professional learning is regular reading and The thing I really enjoy about reading is the flexibility that comes with it. So take those old school (laughs) hotel one-off events and courses, you know, sort of very rigid and it'd be set in the calendar. Whereas now there's a lot more freedom and flexibility in terms of when and how we take control of our own professional development. So we've got quite a few people listening. Hello. We've got Dorian, who's like the show. Jenny's listening. Harry. Oh, lots of people. Please do tell me where in the world that you are joining us from. Brilliant. We've got Flora. We've got Freya. Oh, lots of amazing people here. And Freya, I mentioned in my previous show because Freya was in a, in the book, The Teaching Life as a Case Study, because she's my professional learning inspiration. And I've followed her journey through Twitter. I followed her, her career as she's gone over to teach English in Italy. And you know, she shares the books she reads, the courses that she goes on, the things that she's doing. And it's inspiring. It's, it's professional learning can be infectious in a way that you see what other people are doing and you want to do that and it's really important that we see it that way rather than seeing it as being intimidated because we all have different responsibilities and we all have to find a different balance in our lives but regardless of situation and context professional learning is absolutely key oh and a lovely comment from Freya who is listening in (laughs) I think I do always mention Freya and professors, Robert and Elizabeth Bjork. <laughs> so, oh, and ha- Harry is listening from Spain. Oh, I love how international teachers talk radio is. And that's something else. As I've just mentioned, we've got Freya in Rome. Um, we've got Harry in Spain. We've got Dorian in the Middle East. I spent five years in the Middle East and... Luckily, I didn't feel isolated in terms of professional development. I was teaching at a British curriculum school. And thanks to Twitter and thanks to online events and webinars, I was able to keep up to date with the changes in education policy, with research. And that's because of these low cost, high impact methods of CPD. Now, something that I've already touched upon, linked with reading, 
is social media. So, oh, and we've also got Jenny listening in from Scotland. And that's something else as well about regional CPD, because when I was writing The Teacher Life with Robin, Robin is a head teacher in Scotland. I taught in Wales and we both taught in the Middle East. And something that I noticed a lot when I was reading educational books is that they were referring to Ofsted and the early career framework and things that just were not relevant or applicable outside of England. Um, in Wales, there's Estin. It's completely different again in Scotland. So that can actually be um, an issue when it comes to carrying out CPD. Um, so it's really worth, even if it's free, even if it's low cost, doing your homework and researching um, who's delivering the course or the event or the webinar, what's the topic, what's the focus, is it primary, is it secondary, does it have a, a focus on a certain subject and also regionally as well um, because as I said I was in Wales um, teacher for the first six years of my career and I was going to lots of events in England I went to teach me Liverpool, teach me in Reading, in London, and they were all fantastic and they were really enjoyable. But it was in my own time. I had to travel quite far. I had to pay the expenses for hotels and trains. And then there was a lot of content that wasn't relevant to me. And my head teacher, she knew that I was doing this and going to these events. And she invited me for a meeting and she asked about how I'm traveling to all these different places and the reason why. And I very honestly and openly said that there was nothing happening in North Wales. So that's when we agreed to host Teach Meet North Wales. And wasn't perfect. <laughs> you know, I organized it on my own. Wish I'd have had a team around me. There were some presentations that I remember were definitely not relevant to the whole audience. But overall, it was a really enjoyable event, lots of time for networking and talking to people from other schools and staying in touch and taking away some practical tips in the classroom. And that really did spark something off in that region. So it's great that professional development is international, but also then we need to think about local and regional communities as well. Oh my goodness, I've been talking for 26 minutes. I don't have a guest tonight. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder how it will go. But I do have some very special guests coming up in the next few weeks. Oh, we've got a comment from Jenny on Podbeam. This says, online events, podcasts, radio shows have opened up CPD in a way I could have never have imagined before. Absolutely, Jenny. It's just incredible, isn't it? I haven't even really got to podcast yet. So I've been talking about blogging. Uh, I've mentioned about social media and teachers talk radio. I mean, I don't think Tom will mind me saying, but I remember when he told me about this idea, teachers talk radio. Before he set it up, he said he was thinking about it. And I just thought, bless him like he's my friend I'll support him with whatever he does but I just didn't get the concept at all and I didn't really <laughs> sorry Tom I have faith in you now and now I'm a host but at the time I didn't think it'd take off I didn't really get it and then when he launched it and I listened to shows and 
It was really easy to listen. And I remember calling in um, and chatting to some of the hosts. And it, it has. It's been a year now and it's really taken off. And actually, just, just even focusing, there's been loads of shows, loads of fantastic hosts. But I've been really lucky with the people I've interviewed. So I've interviewed um, Daniel Willingham, um, John Hattie, Dylan William, Pooja Agarwal, of course, my heroes, the Bjorks. Oh, wow. And that has been just amazing CPD. These experts that really know their stuff and to just be able to ask them questions. And on a very selfish level for me, that was just brilliant and highly enjoyable. And I took away a lot from it. But what was even better is that I could share it with an audience, with the listeners at Teachers Talk Radio, so that they can listen to conversations with Doug Lamov. Doug Lamov and I having a conversation about Teach Like a Champion techniques. And that was just filled with golden nuggets, bits of advice from Doug Lamov. And that was just incredibly helpful and priceless in many ways. But yet it was free. And even if you missed it live, you could listen back to it as a podcast. So it's incredibly flexible. And even though, and Tom knows this as well, <laughs> sometimes the live element can stress me out <laughs> because you may have a technical issue. And I remember when I was interviewing John Hattie and he was in Melbourne and we had a little bit of a misunderstanding about time zones. And then his phone battery died live on air. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, he charged his phone and he came back up. And, and people were sending their questions through. People were saying, can you ask him this? Can you ask John Hattie that? And I did. And he answered them. And it was just absolutely incredible. So it has been, well, it's transformed the profession. Um, these low-cost methods of professional learning. So what we're going to do now is we're going to head over to the news and then after the news, I will be back and I'm going to talk about events and about online courses and about podcasts and much more. So do not go anywhere. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. 
all-boys school in St Albans has had its hair and dress codes scrapped by head teacher Julie Richardson, who took up her role last September. Previously, students could be sent home from the Hertfordshire school if their hair was deemed to be extreme in style, colour or length. Ms Richardson is now urging other schools to rethink their uniform policy. She said, It is utter madness to be taking children out of class, away from learning, just because their hairstyle does not fit in with archaic ideas on dress. It is my view that these rules, inadvertently or not, target students of colour and are not inclusive and discriminatory. This is not the type of school I would like to attend, work in or lead, which is why we have removed all reference to hair in our uniform policy. We want our boys to embrace how their hair grows. Former Education Secretary Gavin Williamson has been accused of threatening to withdraw funding for a school in Bury after a former Tory MP considered voting against the government. According to a report for Sky News, Christian Wakeford, who recently defected to the Labour Party, had previously said that he was warned that funding for a new secondary school would be withdrawn if he voted for a motion criticising the government over free school meals. The vote took place in October 2020. In response, Mr Williamson said, I don't have any recollection of the conversation as described, but what I do remember is working tirelessly with Christian and others to deliver this school, which I did. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week we're going to take a look at teaching online. Marmite comes to mind when I think about teaching online. I actually like it, but it's my job and I'm surrounded by gadgets to assist me. A lot of teachers hate it. If you think about it, for 90% of the current population of teachers, delivering a lesson online is something they've not even been trained in. They signed up to be in the classroom with a group of pupils. I'm not going to go into the depths of the delivery platform. That's normally a choice that's already made for you by technology leaders in schools. I'm going to give you a couple of free tools that work in a browser so don't need installing and can be used for engagements in the classroom and easily adapted to use online. First up, we all love Kahoot. Did you know you can set a Kahoot to be self-paced rather than live? Simply click the assign button and you have an instant self-paced quiz for a homework, a starter or a progress check. If you need to take it online, share the link and off you go. If you use lots of YouTube clips and websites, check out Wakelet. Share collections of links in a meaningful way for free. My favourite use for this is to group my YouTube clips for topics. Not only are they played back with less distractions, but I can share a group of links for revision or to flip a lesson. Again, if I have to teach online, one link can lead to many. Just remember to check your school's policy on using websites such as YouTube for online teaching. If you have access to devices in the classroom, why not try Mentimeter? Create interactive presentations, take votes or build word clouds from participants' answers to improve engagement, assess learning and inspire discussion. Or, if you love whiteboard, try whiteboard.fi. As a teacher, you can see all your class's whiteboards and answers, know who's interacting and who's not. You can even show a QR code for ease of joining. I could go on and on, 
The idea is to test these things out when you're with your class and there's no pressure. Then, should you need to teach online, you'll feel more comfortable, there'll be fewer issues, and most importantly, you'll see if pupils are engaging. I hope you consider bringing a bit of tech into your classroom. As always, please test things work in your setting before you use them. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Oh, thank you, Steve. And I also recommend Mentimeter. Do check that out. That was fantastic two-minute tech. Again, low-cost CPD that can have a high impact. That's what we're talking about today on my show. So what I've already mentioned is about blogs and how they could be really easy and accessible. Uh, We've touched upon events that I've said, check out the Teach Me Icons events, but there's lots of other events. And also Research Ed events are incredibly popular. I've touched upon social media, but I will come back to that. So in terms of books, I asked the question, if anyone wants to answer here, please do, whether you prefer to buy books or whether you prefer the school to buy them and then it it depends really on how much you're reading and it depends if you want to perhaps have your own personal copy but I do see lots of schools having CPD libraries and that's a great thing however a staff CPD library really actually should be empty because the staff are reading the books (laughs) what is quite worrying is when there's a, a staff CPD library filled with books that are just gathering dust and I think this happens quite a lot and I think that comes from a really well-intentioned senior leadership team who want to promote professional learning and reading but haven't quite got the CPD library off the ground yet Um, so I've got some tips actually because um, in one of the schools that I worked at they didn't have a CPD library when I joined. And I noticed from Twitter that lots of schools were proudly posting pictures of their CPD library. So I mentioned it um, to the senior leader responsible for CPD. And she said to me, well, actually, we do have a budget. That's a good idea. And at the time, there was a few of my colleagues. And we were. this is in the Middle East, by the way. And it's, it was quite difficult to get books. They were either very expensive or they would take a long time if they were to be delivered online. So there was about three of us who were all sort of swapping books and talking about books. And then all of a sudden we had an email, um, the whole staff, that there was a new CPD library. And I was really excited and I thought, this is great. And I was really pleased that um, the senior leader had listened to me. But then when I went to the library, I was so disappointed with the collection of books. They were really outdated books and they were really old and things that had been debunked and just not things, there were no books that I wanted to read. And I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe. And I asked um, the senior leader, I said, how come you got these books? And she literally just typed into Amazon educational books and just ordered the top ones that she found and that that is an absolute missed opportunity and I said well you could have asked me or you could have asked other staff and I think that's what schools should do 
they should ask staff the two questions. What have you read that you would recommend to others? And then they can order that book. Or what would you like to read? So that's the first thing about launching a CPD library for staff is making sure that the books there are relevant and people want to read them. Now, another bit of advice I would offer would be to order multiple copies of the same book. And the reason for that being there could be a popular book that a teacher wants to read. They go to the CPD library. It's not there. And then they keep going back and it's not there. Someone's next on the list. So actually, if there's a popular book, order multiple copies. But then also that could promote really good discussions, either in departments or in the staff room or in meetings where you've got various different staff members all reading the same book. Or they could even form a book club. So that's a really good idea as well. And if you have a CPD library in your school, make sure the staff know about it. Make sure they know where it is, what new books have arrived, how they can access it. Keep reminding them, promoting it at every opportunity. Now, a school that I worked with, um, an amazing school in Northern Ireland, um, the head teacher, James Maxwell at Carrot Fergus Grammar School, he ordered a copy of my book, Retrieval Practice, for all the staff so that everyone was, and he'd read it first. He'd read the book. He thought it was useful, especially for what their focus was, which one of the areas was retrieval practice. So every member of staff had a copy of this book. And actually, if you do order with John Cat, big um, bulk orders, they usually give a discount as well. Um, it's quite easy to just contact them via their website or social media but what also James Maxwell did is he gave staff time to read that book and um, he told me I can't remember apologies James if it was a morning or the whole day but I remember him telling me that they had a day where they it was a reading day it was one of their professional development inset days and he said they could read it in school, they could read it at home, if they wanted to go to Costa and have a coffee and read it, wherever they wanted. There was that freedom, flexibility, but also that trust. Because it is one thing, providing books and lots of choice for teachers, and that's great. But what about the time? That's often a big barrier okay we've got a few comments in um podbean from people who are listening live and harry in spain has written i love writing a blog i find it very cathartic sadly i don't have enough time to write my own blog anymore and only get the chance to do if someone wants to give me money for it and i know you're sort of joking but i actually do understand where you're coming from because we don't have that much time as teachers but teachers can write articles for magazines and they can get paid £50 or if it's published, perhaps £250. I don't blame teachers for doing that. Absolutely. Why not? If it's your time, you deserve to be paid for it. Um, Jenny has said, um, in terms of the books, whether I said, do you prefer to buy your own or whether you prefer the school to order them? Jenny said, I like to buy my own. That way I can fill it with post-it notes and come back to it when I want. Yes, I'm the same, Jenny. There's books that I regularly return to and I quite like having them that I know where they are. And obviously I've moved schools as well. So 
I do like to have my own um, personal collection. Um, Laura, um, I had a question, but it's not about CPD. It's about gifts for kids. Um, I'm not sure, Laura. Can you rephrase um, your question? And I will try and answer that about uh, gifts for students. Well, actually, um, I don't know if you're referring to chocolates and things like that. Um, but <laughs> um, one of the students I remember who taught me, said, uh, sorry, who I taught, said to me, they wanted to order my book as a gift for another teacher. And it was a really strange one because I was a bit taken back by that. And uh, I wasn't quite sure how the teacher would take it either, um, a teaching book from a student. Um, I don't know what happened about that <laughs> in the end. Um, oh, we've got people listening from Ghana. Um, oh, sorry, Laura said because we're talking about books. Okay, then. Anyway, thank you for your comments. I really appreciate that. So I've covered books and we've had some impact. Uh, sorry, some comments about um, whether people like to have their own copies of books. or. But again, in terms of measuring the impact, this can be quite difficult to do, especially with low-cost methods. Something like... Um, Twitter, for example, well, there's so many things that Twitter has brought into my life. It's brought people, it's brought ideas, it's brought books. I almost feel like I can't measure that impact, but it's significant. But then I'm also aware that Twitter can have a negative impact on, on, on me personally when I see arguments, and I say arguments instead of debate because debates can cross over into territory that's quite personal and... The other problem that I do find with some of the low-cost, high-impact methods of CPD, the freedom and flexibility can almost make it difficult to, I don't know, switch off is the right phrase, um, because you could be looking at Twitter in the evening and, you know, and all of a sudden you're reading a blog and it could be at 9pm, whereas previously you may not have thought about school in the evening but something like twitter if you're using it professionally and it's at your fingertips you, you could be consuming a, a lot more information than you usually would and there's the pros and there's the cons with that so moving on to some other methods um i've touched upon with teacher talk radio but also podcasts oh podcasts are fantastic now teachers talk radio if you miss any live shows you can listen back to them all so if you want to listen to my interviews with john hattie and doug lamov and all those amazing people they are stored there but there's all different types of podcasts. I really enjoy the Becoming Educated podcast with Darren Leslie, where he interviews lots of different voices in education, whether it's teachers, leaders, authors. There's the Craig Barton podcasts, which I think started off as, well, it's the maths podcast, but he does have um, episodes of his podcast that are not just for math teachers I've listened to them and I've really enjoyed them and it really is good to to hear the people to hear these conversations these reflections this could be something you can do if you've got a long commute 
So lots of people like podcasts and there just seems to be more and more podcasts emerging. And again, you don't have to pay for these. You can subscribe freely. You can listen to them in your own time. I'd be interested to know if how a school would use a podcast for professional development. Um, I know there's a school in Dubai that does this um, and they call it Podcast PD, Podcast Professional Development, where they send out a link. So like my deputy who sent out a blog, um, a member of SLT sends out a podcast each week and says, aim to listen to this podcast. Now, the only issue I have with some of the podcasts is that some of them are very long. <laughs> some of them are like three hours. And I don't personally like that um, because I, and when I set up my podcast, the Love to Teach podcast, I deliberately set it up to be about 20 to 25 minutes although I had no guests on that and it was just very much teaching and learning focused. Whereas a lot of other podcasts are about 45 minutes to an hour. So if you have any other podcasts that you would recommend, please do write them in the chat box. There's also Naylor's Natters. There's the Learning Scientist podcast. There's lots of subject-specific podcasts. Um, my subject, History. Dan Snow has his home podcast podcast um you know there's the bbc there's in our time there's just so many examples and i started recommending podcasts to my students so there's a podcast called versus history um, by three wonderful history teachers from saint christopher's in bahrain um connell um elliot and patrick who i know so i've given them a little shout out and they do these snippets, these podcasts, and I think they're great for history teachers, but they're also very student friendly and they're really good for building up subject knowledge as well. So that that's something else, um, something else to, to think about. Oh, we've got another one. The Two Mr. P's podcast is a hoot. Oh, I haven't listened to that. Is that um, ICT with Mr. P? Um, oh, see, there's so many podcasts out there. I will have to check that one out. So we've got podcasts. What else? Oh, yes. And his brother. Oh, ICT with Mr. P and his brother. That sounds fantastic. Um, and we've got another comment. Whenever I'm going to teach something new, I put on a podcast in the car on the way and it just refreshes me or give me that extra confidence oh absolutely I'm the same as well um, I've had to teach lots of new content or things I'm not familiar with or things I haven't taught about in years and I remember listening to um, an episode of in our time a history podcast and it was just so interesting and I got all these like little nuggets of information that I ended up sharing with my students as well and then encouraging them to listen to the podcast. So, yeah, lots and lots of great podcasts out there. We are spoiled for choice. So we've talked about um, reading, Teachers Talk Radio, podcasts. I've mentioned events as well. Something that I will talk about is the quality assurance side of things. So... This one is a tricky one because I will often see tweets or get messages from teachers who say, I've been asked to deliver CPD to my colleagues on this topic and I haven't got a clue. Can you help me? And I have, I have mixed feelings about this. I think internal CPD can be brilliant. We have so many experts and people living and breathing teaching and sharing in a, a safe space with their colleagues 
However, I do think that if we're going to ask staff to deliver CPD internally, then if you're going to ask staff to deliver something that perhaps they're not familiar with, then they need to have the time to do so. So it could be at the start of the term and they could say, right, something we are focusing on, and I'll just say retrieval practice because that's what I do a lot of work on, and they say retrieval practice, and we'd like you to present to staff, but we'd like you to do it at the end of the term. Well, that's fine, isn't it? That, you know, They've got time to read a book, to trial some ideas, to do a bit of research, and then they might be a bit more confident. But to say, oh, next week, can you just deliver a session on this for staff? And then we see, I see these tweets all the time. And I've been asked to deliver um, CPD on topics I'm not confident with. And I said no. And um, even though I've written a little bit about dual coding, I was um, contacted by a school and they said, we'd like you to come in and talk to our staff about dual coding. And I said, actually, I think Adam Boxer or Oliver Caviglioli would be a better choice than me. And they were really shocked that I said that. But I want to feel confident in what I'm delivering in. And if they were to get an external person, then it's important that they get the right person and the best person who is very knowledgeable and very confident. I do remember watching the session um, in a previous school and somebody was presenting about spaced practice and said that they should have spaces in their learning in the sense, in the lesson. And the advice given to teachers was teach some content, have a five minute break, and then teach some content, have a 10 minute break, let them go on their phones, let them play. This is not what space practice is. It's been really misunderstood. And the person delivering the CPD didn't have the basic knowledge and understanding. And then that's really difficult because you don't want to heckle a colleague and call them out embarrass or humiliate them but then at the same time they're sharing information with other teachers that isn't correct that's not true it's it's inaccurate so that whether it's cheap or free it should always be high quality so whether that's internal or whether it's external whatever you are doing with your time if you're signing up to a webinar then again the quality is key. And that is why I do tend to present and talk about retrieval practice and formative assessment, things that I'm knowledgeable about and I'm very confident. I could talk about other things and I do, but I know where my limitations are. I know where I'm perhaps not the best person to talk about that. And I would recommend somebody else. Or people have said to me, can I have your slides? to deliver the retrieval practice presentation. But it's not just about the slides, is it? It's about being able to have that knowledge, that understanding, the ability to communicate that with other teachers. Okay then, so finally, because um, this is only a one hour chat tonight, <laughs> because I've been on my own. Oh, and Harry said he's been to some awful webinars. I have too, Harry. And it's really disappointing. Um, Tom Rogers and I, I won't say who, we were in a webinar that we both signed up to. It was free and it was shocking, really. It was it was really bad. And uh, it, 
it just it frustrated me a little bit again because although it's free, it's still I felt like it was wasting our time. Tom left. I stuck it out a little bit longer than Tom, but I eventually left the webinar. Um, <laughs> but some I'm going to talk to you now about some high quality free CPD. And um, yep, Pai's right. Time isn't free though. Time is very precious. And something I would recommend is Seneca Learning. So if you go to SenecaLearning.com, there is a section called Free CPD for Teachers. And there are free CPD courses. And there's a course that I've designed on retrieval practice. There's a course Oliver Caviglioli's designed on dual coding. There's um, science, there's well-being, there's leadership. There's all different types of topics, cognitive science, assessment, behavior. They're a free CPD course. You read information, you complete it, you get a certificate on completion. And I think we also sort of have to realize as well, with anything being free, it can still be helpful and useful, but there'll probably be their limitations to it. Don't expect it, you know, the world from free CPD. Um, they have virtual teach meets. They have a YouTube channel where you could see all their past presentations. So I presented about formative assessment that was live. Um, and then it was also recorded on their YouTube channel. So Seneca Learning, this is a shout out for them. I've worked with them. They do lots of free CPD for teachers, as do Teach Me Icons, CogSciSci, Twitter. There's just absolutely loads of stuff that is out there. But it's just important to filter through and to do a bit of research and to talk to each other. If you've done something that was either free or cheap, then recommend it to someone else. Whether it's a blog that you're sharing, a podcast episode, an online course, whether it's a presentation that's on YouTube. If you thought it was good and helpful, then it's likely somebody else will too. But if you did something that wasn't good, that felt like a waste of your time, then also tell your colleagues about that too, so that they don't make that same mistake because that is probably the most precious thing when it comes to professional learning is making the time for it we don't want to waste our time so I hope you found that interesting we've covered quite a lot and um, we've covered what we can do in school so we can observe colleagues talk to colleagues we can go visit other schools you can go to events find out what free events are local in your area find out what events and webinars are free that are happening online um, use social media there's twitter there's facebook there's instagram there's linkedin youtube is also fantastic I don't use TikTok. I'm way too old and it's a bit too cringe for me, but lots of teachers use TikTok, so that might be your thing. Um, <laughs> my sisters have made me promise them that I don't post TikTok videos, so I have to honor that. Um, but I am all over all the other social media platforms for, for professional learning, and they are very, very helpful. Um, interesting but again make sure it just doesn't drain you and take up all your time we have to have this sort of this well we do have an element of control with the professional learning we can decide how and when we we use our time um what opportunities we seize and what opportunities perhaps are not for us so thank you oh we're coming towards the end of the show 
I've got some fantastic guests lined up in future shows. I've got Professor Henry Roy Digger. He is one of the co-authors of the brilliant book, Make It Stick, The Science of Successful Learning. I've also got OBE, Vivian Porrit, uh, Porrit, sorry. Oh, apologies, Vivian. Um, Vivian Porrit, OBE. She's done amazing work with Women Ed, Disability Ed, um, the Chartered College of Teaching. She's absolutely incredible. I really look forward to that. And I am lining up another guest, which is not confirmed. But if he confirms, that is going to be a very special and quite, oh, I don't know, exclusive, shall we say, episode of Teachers Talk Radio. (laughs) So do make sure that you join me. And also, one more thing before I go. I will be back on Saturday with my best friend (laughs) and the director of Teachers Talk Radio, Tom Rogers, for our joint show that is happening this Saturday morning. Don't miss it. We hope that you can join us. And thank you for listening. Take care and have a lovely evening. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.